Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Radio with me, your host Vince Peart. Once again and always we are joined by our co-host Tilly Baden. Tilly my friend, how the devil are you? How have things been since you were last aboard the good ship SWR? Hello everyone, um, it's good to be back in person again. Hello listeners and viewers. Um, oh, I'm excited about this week's episode. This is going to be a good one. You've picked mm-hmm. a gem. So without further ado, oh, right. we're just, just going to get straight, straight into, into it. it. Straight right. Into it. Wow. Okay then. Um, on this week's show, guys, we're talking about ethical dilemmas. Um, this comes from an article that I wrote the other day. Uh, you guys will know that as well as doing columns, as well as doing the podcast, I also write another couple of regular weekly features for Social Work News. You can find them all over at mysocialworknews.com. Every week on a Friday, I write a Social Work Supervision piece, and every week on a Wednesday, I write a Social Work Skills piece. Social Work Skills talks about practice dilemmas, how to support your work, three views, three works, and basically how to be a better social worker in a bite-sized chunk. On Fridays, I offer supervision answers and questions to people who are basically coming over to Social Work News and asking a bit of advice on their uh, career and profession and just daily, day-to-day sort of issues that they may face in terms of their job. Um, this last week, I answered a question from somebody which is a tale as old as time, or certainly as old as Facebook's been out, which has been 20 years, which is okay to stalk my clients on Facebook. And that garnered um, a, a lot, a lot of interest online. Um, I'm just going to ask you quickly this one, Tilly. What do you think about that one? I mean, my answer, I was kind of sat on the fence and I said, look, I, I think it's okay to check your clients' Facebooks in very specific circumstances. If you've got a safeguarding reason, and ideally if you can check that with your manager and legal team, if you work in a, in a department where you can do that, I think that the law and our ethical considerations would suggest that's okay if it's for a specific purpose, such as you think a child might be having contact, just think about my line of work, you think a child may be having contact with somebody they shouldn't, a parent is in a relationship with somebody they said they hadn't been, things like that are potentially tracking down a connected family member, or a father or a mother and so on. I think of those specific purposes, it's fine. I don't think you're really allowed to go on fishing trips. But that's my view, and I would say half the people disagreed with me because half the people are saying it's fine all the time. Some people disagree with me because they're saying it's not even okay to do it in the limited circumstances I set out. What do you think to that one, Tilly? I'm going to sit on the fence as well. Of course I am. What more would you... Of course I'm going to sit on the fence. Standard. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, as you say, I think there are some certain circumstances that you you can, Mm -hmm. um, as long as it's in the public domain. Yes. and you're taken there from a search engine. Obviously, if you're going to befriend someone yeah, or go yeah, into yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, that's completely wrong. You can't do that. Um, I suppose it's less it's less common in my field. It doesn't necessarily come your, up. Not many of your clients in care homes are rampant on Facebook. Uh, no, you no. don't get many TikTokers. I, surprisingly, not. No. <laughs> um, I mean, it might be using adult safeguarding teams. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And certainly, we do. Um, a lot of mental capacity assessments for people with disabilities Mm -hmm. using internet and social media use so you might be doing pieces of work with someone but yeah yeah, yeah, it doesn't really come up very often in adult services where we have to use it to kind of stalk people I suppose and catch Mm -hmm. people out perhaps maybe in safeguarding context it it may come up but no I think it definitely seems to be more of a child protection issue it is it's certainly more safeguarding and that's um look there was a study done quite well say quite old about five years old now it was a study done in 2019 on the on the topic and it essentially said look the frameworks are very very thin on the ground there's no specific legal guidance on it there's no law setting out that you can or can't do it it's just if it enters into the realm of potentially surveillance Mm -hmm. so it's it's the concept of surveillance which is the, the tricky legal one that would rule out regular fishing trips on Facebook. Right, I'm going to check my client's Facebook at 8 a.m. every morning to check. So it would rule out things like Mm -hmm. that. It would also, what you've said there, it would rule out making a fake Facebook profile in order to add a client and then see behind their privacy settings. It would rule out things like that. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. What it would seem to allow is specific checks. Um, The study essentially found that some social workers were saying it was a matter of practice. They 
thought there was no issue whatsoever in it. Mm. Their position was essentially, well, if, it's, if, if a client has not locked down their profile, if I can just go into any Facebook search and find their information, that's, that's accessible to anybody in public, why can't I use that? The counter-argument to that was comes into Article 8, essentially, mm. of the European Convention of Human Rights, which is essentially that we all have a right to a private and family life. And really asking social workers to think, how would we feel if a client was doing that to us? Yeah, it's a tricky one. And, and our policies haven't caught up with no, the times. Because no. would it be okay if you went and looked through someone's window in the well, middle of the night or whatever? Because <laughs> that's effectively what it is. But I was reading up about that as well. That's Ooh. what it's akin to. Yeah. Um, the legal advice I was reading says that a regular kind of fishing trip on Facebook, regularly surveying your social, your, your client's Facebook pages, is akin to going on a visit and listening through the door. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to find something, you're trying to discover mm -hmm. something. Now, obviously, after many a home visit where I've knocked on the door, if the family haven't been in, I've had a look through the windows. Yeah, You know, I've yeah. just gone and popped up, but they're going to be in and they're not answering me. That's, that's fine. That's standard. Sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes I've seen people hiding behind the set and I was like, well, come on, I'm here now, let me in. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you need to do that. Yeah. That, that isn't what, you know, my Amazon delivery driver may do that. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? They have a look yeah. at you in. That, that's, that's not, if I was sitting myself up in somebody's head, peering through, having mm -hmm. a look with my high night vision goggles on yeah. in, a, in a ghillie. I, don't <laughs> I can I, so imagine I, I you heard, I don't think, I don't think, <laughs> Alpha Team 5. Yep. Yeah. Mrs. Stevens is in that house again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's had a, she's had a boyfriend, Lee, round. Mm. Get him. Get him. Trap him. <laughs> no. It's the same, though, if you bump into someone in the street, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that this, this person isn't supposed to be having contact with this child, Bingo. and I've just met them in the supermarket. That's it. If, if it's kind of out there in the public domain mm. and you just happen to come across it, that's fine. It's when, like you say, going on fishing trips and trying to catch people out. That's that's the line for me. But I could see both sides of that. I genuinely could see both sides of the argument, which is why I kind of position myself in the middle, really, which is I'm not extreme one. I'm not saying you should do it as a matter of course. I certainly no. don't think it should. Unless you've got grounds to do it, I think it is unethical. I genuinely mm -hmm. don't. Look, some people watching this and listening to this may disagree with me. That's fine if that's your practice and that's legally allowed and you run it by your manager and that's deemed acceptable. That's absolutely fine. I just don't want anybody getting themselves in trouble. Equally, I think robbing social workers of the ability to do that in its entirety, I think that's something that can only be said from a privileged position. Mm. I, I would hazard a guess that the majority of people saying that have never been in a position where they have had to actively manage. Usually, let's get it right, usually a dangerous men. Going it normally is, home. Yeah, it's isn't usually it? dangerous yep. men going to family homes, having to actively manage those positions via a series of like unannounced visits and checks, knowing that person poses a significant risk to yeah. the child in that family home and the mother in that family home as well. In a situation like that, I think I would find it very, very, very difficult to say, no, you can't have a quick look on a Facebook. Say, mm. say, if a member of the public rung up, there's pictures all over this woman's Facebook with a new man, they're out on the town. To say that I can't look at that to confirm that mm -hmm. when it potentially saves a child, let's get this right, potentially saves a child's life. Yeah. We know particularly men in family homes who are not the biological father of other men's children. Mm -hmm. They are the highest risk category yep. for abuse and neglect of children, particularly the highest risk category of uh, children being significantly harmed and dying. So we yeah. know that's a massive risk. I think... Those who are saying we can't do that even as a one-off are potentially living in ivory towers, I would suggest. It's all, well and good. it's all well and good saying you shouldn't do that when you don't have to do that. Yeah. And if it went to a serious case review and... Exactly. Uh, can you imagine, oh, well, we rang into the social worker mm -hmm. and said that there's pictures of all over Facebook, but they chose to do nothing about it. And I That's yeah, going to yeah. look really I, bad. I didn't do it? it because Professor... P Professor Jones... <laughs> Professor Blum. I didn't do it because Professor Blum... In the study with the with the lead pipe, <laughs> said not to. Anyway, right, that's an ethical dilemma. It's it an is. ethical dilemma. So, Ooh. I thought, what does look at the excitement? I'm so excited. I thought, what does what does Tilly like? What does Tilly like more than anything? And you love a good debate, don't you, I Tilly? I do love a good debate. You rarely get me drawn into them, do you? I usually no. stand out of them, but I'm I'm, I'm, in, I'm in your trap. I'm doing it today. I'm doing it today. Excellent. Well done. Well done. So. Ethical dilemmas, listeners and viewers, because we're on YouTube this week. 
I'm just going to quickly go over what ethical dilemmas, dilemmas are. I'm sure you know what they are, but I'm just going to go over them anyway. That's an ethical dilemma. My ethical dilemma is should I risk patronising our listeners and viewers? But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the risk anyway. But forgive me if you know this already. Essentially, there are three conditions that must be present for a situation to be considered an ethical dilemma. The first condition occurs in situations where an individual called the agent must make a decision about which course of action is best. Come back to Facebook. Yep. We, as an agent on for the local authority and agent of the state, have to mm-hmm. make that decision. Is it best or is it not? Situations that are uncomfortable that don't require a choice are not ethical dynamics. So if it's uncomfortable but there's no active choice, it's not an ethical dynamic. If you've got to do that anyway but you feel uncomfortable about it, it's not an ethical. It's not an ethical dilemma whether I file my report at 4 p.m. Friday when it's due or not. I've just got to do yeah. it. <laughs> it might be difficult, but I've got to do it. Um, for example, students in internships that are required to be under the supervision of appropriately credentialed social work field instructors. So they've got to do it. They, they may be told to do something, but it's not really their requirement. So if, if you're making a decision as a student, you might not like it, but it's not necessarily an ethical dilemma because it's not your choice. But because there is a choice in the matter, there is potential ethical violations and breaches. So that's the first the first condition is that we must have to make a decision about which choice of action is best. The second condition for ethical dynamics is that there must be different courses of action to choose from. So it's all well and good saying, right, well, you know, um, an ethical dilemma. Do I break this news to a client on Friday at 4 p.m. or a client at Friday at 5 p.m.? That's the same outcome. There's not really a different option. An ethical dilemma in that situation would be, I know that I've got a negative assessment of a client. I know that the assessment is not due to be filed till 4 p.m. on Friday. And if I don't tell the client the outcome of this, their solicitor is going to give them it. The ethical dilemma is when the client is sat there asking me on Monday morning, how's my assessment? I know it's done and filed. Do I tell the client then, no, it's the right thing to do because it comes from me? Or do I leave it and let the solicitor do with it? That's more of an ethical dilemma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, that's, that's, that's more that example I would give. Third... In an ethical dilemma, no matter what course of action is taken, some ethical principle is compromised. In other words, there's no perfect solution. Because if there's an obvious answer to an ethical dilemma that most people could give, it's not really a dilemma. What's the no, point? it's not. Because no. it's obvious. It's just it's got to be divided. It's essentially it? virtue signaling. Look at me. or I'm faced with this decision, but I made the right one. No, it, it has to be. So essentially, right, we're looking at three conditions. One, we have to make a decision about two different course of actions. or multiple, but usually two different course of actions. Two, there must be different courses of actions to choose from. They must get you to very different directions. And third, there is no obvious solution that everyone would give. So those are the three criteria. Now, there are essentially four different ethical dynamics you can get. So I'm going to give you these, Tilly. You've got truth versus loyalty. Should you be true or should you be loyal? You've got individual versus community. Should you prioritize yourself as an individual or the community? Should you prioritize other individuals or the community as a whole? Should you go short-term or long-term? Or should you go for justice or virtue? What's more important, justice or virtue? Now, again, the biggest challenge of ethical dynamics is they do not offer an obvious solution that would comply with ethics and norms. Right. That being said, Tilly, should we go through some ethical dynamics of our own? I think we should. Perfect, perfect. So, what we're going to do today, listeners, I've got five key ethical dilemmas, kind of classic ones. You'll have heard of a couple of these, like the trolley problem we're going to get to, which is the classic one. Do you pull the lever on the trolley or not? We're going to start off with that one. But before we get there, Tilly, um, obviously I want to ensconce this in in social work practice, Mm -hmm. where we can, because it is social work radio, it's not an ethical, it's not just sitting here chatting about ethical dilemmas radio. And that's obviously how we alighted on this subject, because... I was writing about that Facebook dilemma just just the other day. Can you share a kind of ethical dilemma that you face in the workplace on a regular basis? Don't give me the answer to it because I don't mm-hmm. want you know we don't want to know what all you do are your dilemmas, but how would you act? Just the kind of dilemmas you face. I mean, I gave a little example from my work there in relation to do you tell the client the outcome of their assessment or do you allow their solicitor to do that? Um, I'm not going to talk about that one. I'll talk about another one to come to my example, though. But for you, can you give me a kind of key ethical dilemma that you face on a day-to-day basis in your work that fits those three criteria I was discussing? Yeah, so I think the most common one that I come across is happiness versus safety. <laughs> yes, yes, the balance. So, it, yeah, so obviously... For those of you who are regular listeners and viewers, I work in a Mental Capacity Act team. So I'm often working with people who have been assessed to lack capacity around certain decisions within mm-hmm. their life. 
And then we have to make best interest decisions on their behalf, which is an uncomfortable position to be in anyway, because mm. you're, you're breaching someone's liberty. Um, but a lot of those decisions are often around, do you move someone to a care home? Do you put in um, some sort of restriction mm-hmm. um, against their wishes? And you have to balance out, well, what are the risks? What are the, the likely outcomes? Am I going to take away someone's rights and freedoms um, and com- compromise their happiness and their quality of life um, for safety, sometimes to keep them alive? Um, and it, I, I, we have things like that every week. Just mm. this, this week, just gone. I've got a, a, a couple who it's a, a question about whether do we do we let them go home with a package of care which potentially might break down there's domestic violence there there's alcohol abuse or do we put them both in a care home and take away their freedoms um, against their wishes they want to go home and that's no win situation there because I'd send them home I'd send them home possibly and that's well that's that's, going home I'm like Davina, do you have a big brother? We're coming to get you. We're coming to get you. Come on. We're coming to get you, but and then I'll, sending you home. No, I'd be like, I'd be like Davina. I'd be like Davina, yeah. big brother. Yeah. You've won. You've won your freedom. Come on, get yourself back up. Don't listen to these socials. They know, they know nothing. Yeah. Ah. I mean, to be fair, that is the stance that I'm yes. arguing for them. Tell them I'm arguing for it as well. Good. Irrelevant. <laughs> you have no information I've about no, the case no, whatsoever. No relevance. Highly inappropriate. Just tell them. <laughs> just say. If it's Vince agrees. Just, they may die. Yeah, just send them nah, out. Actually, actually. If you use the word, they may die, I'm out. I'm out. You're out. You're I'm out. I'm not, I'm not going there. Abstaining from no, the I'm vote. Not, yeah, definitely. I'm not having that. So those sorts of dilemmas we have every single day if not mm. every week. Um, that's a really common one. Send them back. So get them home. Get them home. We're going to bring you home. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start a GoFundMe. GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a GoFundMe. But, funnily enough, this isn't a decision about funding and packages. They're self-funders. It makes no difference. Um, about- I would like this. Let them do what they want. It's not even, your, you know, it's not even money. It's not but even the council's purse you're having to mind here. Just it's safeguarding. Yeah, just busy it's safeguarding. No, you're just getting involved. Busy buddies. <laughs> You busy buddies. <laughs> Get involved in private people's lives. Tell them what mm, to do. Okay. How do you feel if someone comes to you all out? You can't go here, you can't go there. I I obviously can't provide too much context because of confidentiality <laughs> reasons. I'm being, I'm being really bad here. I'm being naughty. <laughs> I am being bad. You're being very naughty. I'm leading you up the garden path and you're following me, which is a dangerous yeah, path. Yeah, right. I'm I'm stopping that. So that's my ethical dilemma. Happiness versus I'm like safety. A, you know, you get like a little, like a horse that sometimes leads the others away. Like sometimes you get like a little a little Shetland that's bad. Oh, it's always it's the little ones. Yeah, yeah that's it me. Is. I'm like the Shetland leading you into to eat the comfrey. <laughs> Should we talk about your ethical like dilemma well, then? Come stop, on, stop, stop move, on, about move the com- on. Stop talking about the comfrey in Shetland. <laughs> Can horses eat comfrey? I have no idea. <laughs> don't I don't know. Don't even know where that came from. Right. Anyway, my ethical dilemma. Um, God, I'm, obviously, when it's about me, I'm going to be serious now. <laughs> Sorry, oh, just, oh, of course you are. <laughs> um. One of the biggest ethical dilemmas I face is um, beyond together or apart assessments. Mm, Absolutely yeah. tragic. Which is essentially, um, listeners who work in child protection will be aware of these, particularly those that work in England. Those who work further afield may not be aware of this, and those who don't work in children's services may not be aware of this. So beyond together or apart assessments are assessments that a social worker has to do, which suggests whether siblings should be separated, not just from parents, but from one another. Um, they are heartbreaking to write. They really yeah. are. They really are because ugh, look, a lot of the assessments I write are very, very difficult. Of course they are because I, I, I can only think of a handful of... The, I'll have worked with over a 1,000 families, well over a 1,000 families in my time as a social worker, hundreds and hundreds of assessments in that time. And in that span, I... I could maybe think of a handful of families that I've worked with where the parents are not there because of horrific things that have happened to them in the past. It's mm-hmm. very, very, very rare indeed for a parent to lose care of their children and for that parent or the partner that they were with or the children's other parent not to have suffered horrifically in the past mm-hmm. or to have mental health issues or drug and alcohol issues that are driving it. It's very, very, very rare indeed that things just happen out of nowhere. 
Those are difficult. But those generally have an evidence base. In fact, mm-hmm. every assessment I've ever wrote, I stand by. I, I, there's, there's no assessment I've ever wrote which I, I wasn't steadfastly committed to in the end. Sometimes it takes me a while to get there. But when, when I'm set there, I've set and I've balanced up all the evidence very, very finitely and made sure that it was secure. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do my job otherwise. I couldn't do my job and make recommendations about where people live and who has the children based on just a whim or a gut feeling. You, you can't do that. Now, a gut feeling can drive you. It can let you know if you're going in the right direction, but it certainly isn't the evidential basis for an assessment to put before the family courts. Beyond Together Apart assessments offer a different kind of ethical dilemma because you are looking at brothers and sisters being separate from one another and having to make a decision is that likely in their best interests and the ethical dilemmas there are absolutely huge because you're separating children you're separating children who have already suffered horrific abuse and neglect already on the process uh, in the process of losing touch with a parent because evidently together apart assessments go hand in hand with care proceedings which will be a parent assessment so you're not going to be looking at separating siblings unless those siblings are already being separate from their parent, because a mum and dad are mm-hmm. rightly going to say, well, no, I'm not my kids. Look, you get some situations where siblings are separated, an older child or a younger child may go to live with a grandparent, and it's in their best interest. Family deem that. Some rare occasions, some siblings go with one parent, others go with the other, but this is a different mm. remit. This is essentially, these children may be looked after, these children may be adopted, these children are certainly going to be in the care system in some form, are going to have a care plan, should that care plan include consideration for these children to be separated it's very very hard yeah. very e- even when there are some obvious dividing lines like um one child's caused violence to another one child's caused sexual harm to another one child is that much younger than the others so potentially adoption is a mm. plan of permanence that is open to them that isn't open to the others even then to have that wrench of thinking my assessment and my professional opinion on this isn't going to determine it because obviously it goes before a court. You've got a guardian's views, you've got local authorities' views, you've got solicitors for usually both parents' views, and ultimately a judge will make that decision. And then, if, you know, if you're looking for plan of permanency, you've got an agency decision maker, ADM, and the local authority will have to ratify that if it's going to be part of a child's plan of permanence. Even then, to know that your assessment is going to be the basis of, well, this is what I think, this is my professional opinion. Very, very hard to write indeed, very Mm -hmm. hard. And when I'm writing those assessments, I think, what am I going to tell this child when they come back to me at 80? That's what I always have to think when I'm writing these assessments, whether I say that children should be separated or I don't think they should. It was my professional opinion. Do I agree this might be in the best interest? I always think, if this person comes back to me as an adult and says, Vince, why did you make this decision? So those, look, there's a lot of ethical dilemmas in the social work, but in terms of one specific thing that potentially tears me more than any other on a regular basis, it's when I have to make a recommendation whether children's long-term plans should involve them living together or living apart. It's, it's heartaching, it really is. Because mm. I think about my two children, there's three and a half years between them. Oh, but God, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They couldn't, you know, they hate each other, but they love each other. Of course, exactly. they fight all the time. Yeah. They don't hate each other, they <laughs> moments they hate each other. Um, but yeah, very difficult indeed. Right. Before I end up teaming up, really, some, <laughs> some specific cases there, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let's move on to five classical ethical dilemmas, should we? Yes, we should. Get what you wanted. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, listeners, you can play along. Play along at home. It's like, win the prizes. Play along at home. Um, there's no prize. The prize is uh, telling yourself you're more ethical than your friends and peers and family <laughs> and colleagues. That's your prize. Your you pri- share ethical yeah, you decisions a, with us. You get, you're on our team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get, you get one virtue signaling token. If you get, that's what you get. You get a, you get a, you get a virtue signaling pass if you get these right there's no right or wrong it's an ethical dilemma so I tell you I'm going to go through these one at a time I'm going to ask you and then I'm going to give my views number one the classic let's start off with the classics let's play one from the past the trolley problem All right, I'm just going to read this out I want you to give you your views and again listeners feel free to pause this and uh, give your views as well so the trolley problem a trolley is headed towards five people who are tied to tracks you have the option of pulling a lever to switch the trolley to another track where only one person is tied up. Do you pull the lever and send the trolley towards the one person? Or do you do nothing, let the trolley continue on its path, killing five people? There you are, Telly, you've got your conductor's cap on, you're sat there on the train tracks. 
What yeah. do you do to these fictitious folk? Wow, I pull the lever. Mm. Um, as, as horrible as it is to know that you've caused someone's death, mm -hmm. I think it is just, personally, I, I think it's just as culpable if you do nothing. And then you've got five people's death. Well, effectively, you've got four more people who have died because you've done nothing compared to one person who's died if you've done something. So I go for the greatest good for the greatest number so in that you, circumstance. Right, what, what do you tell yourself then? What's the story you tell yourself? I killed one person or I saved five people. I saved five. But you did kill one person because well, you I took did. an active choice. Well, I saved then four people. Right, so you said that's what you just about <laughs> stark, that is. Oh, well, actually, yeah. Well, minus the dead one. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Come on then. But you know, but you've 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 taken a decisive action then though. So you've done something. But doing nothing is still a decisive action. But you didn't. It wasn't your fault. Why? Why do you? Why did you deign to intervene? Because I could. I was there, and I feel like if I do nothing, I still know about it. Would you do that with a million people? If it was a million deaths versus five million lives saved, would you do it? Does that just does that just, it ju just it doesn't matter? It, it, it doesn't matter. Numbers. You'd kill it. Just numbers. Just, just, just numbers. This is, <laughs> no, not this enough is, people. This is really oh, bad. This is no. so bad. It's just numbers. <laughs> Telly, it's just you just said it's just numbers. No, these are folk. A, these are people that have got I minds. Know it is. I I I squarely blame the person who's in charge of the trolley. Like that's you though. You're in charge of blaming you because you're you're <laughs> in charge of the trolley now. Who tied these people up? I don't know. Maybe they're into some kink, railway kink. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Tell them that. You should have told them. You should have had a it's your fault you died because you, you're yeah, into right, this. Risky games. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yes, you've got risky kinks. Yeah, but <clears> I mean, if it's a... I'm not killing people because they were going to die anyway and I'm saving some more people who would have died. Um, I think it's, yeah, the people that... Tied the greater them up. good. The yeah, greater the good. people that tied them up are the, the true people to blame. They tied themselves up. Well, then they're there to blame themselves, then, aren't they, really? Because who kills them around? all? Who, just kill, kill them all. Put another, <laughs> put another trolley on there. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> can, we, can, we have, can we have two levers, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look what you've done. Look what you did. You did that. You were your games. I'm not a sadist, I promise. But no, I, I would. Greatest good for the greatest number. What if uh, what if I was the one? What if it was me? What if I the levers? What, what if I was the one? What if I was the one and the other five people were were people you had sent down in the magistrates? Oh So you've got me, the paragon of virtue here, versus five petty criminals. Would you still pull the lever? No. <laughs> I think So it's not just it, numbers, it's not it's just not numbers. It's not just numbers. No, I think when it comes to friends and family I, do exactly I would the choose same. to say friends and family. This sounds strangers. this sounds this sounds really awful. I would do exactly the same. I definitely would. If it was someone that I knew, uh, I definitely would, of course I would. Um because ultimately I'm not doing anything. You see so you haven't you haven't got the you haven't got the burden of not doing no. something. Like, oh, I didn't know what to do. I don't know how to, I don't know how to pull a lever. <laughs> I just my hand stopped working. I was too busy. I was too busy tearing my hair out. Mm. That's what I would say. I had my hands in my pocket. I was on the phone. I was on my phone. I was on TikTok. I didn't notice. I was busy. I was busy scrolling. I was reels. taking a selfie next to the people. <laughs> you say that, but how many people do take selfies when they see tragic stuff? I know. I was. I, I, I was in shock. I was in shock. But yeah. yeah. Um, right. Oh, yeah, I'd pull the lever anyway. Whether, yeah. whether I, I, I would, um, I, I, I would pull the lever and save five over one. Um, it's a very, very difficult thing to do, but I would do it. And um, I would dine out for the rest of my life, but on all the talk shows. Because there had been a man that had lived the dilemma. Tell us all about it. I'd sell my story to the press. <laughs> You're always thinking of the next angle, aren't you? Right. The second dilemma. The lying doctor. We could maybe have this, the lying social worker. Let's change it to the lying social worker. We get that claim a lot, don't we? This we do. Worker. The lying social worker. A social worker knows that one of their clients has a serious illness, but telling the client will cause them immense emotional distress and may cause them to give up hope. The social worker can lie to their client and tell them that they are healthy, 
but doing so will also prevent the client from seeking treatment that could save their life. Should the social worker tell the truth or lie to the client? And why? Always tell the truth. We're not God. We we have a duty to be honest and open with people and give people personal autonomy. It's not even a, a dilemma for me. It'll always be the truth. Right, but even though, even though great harm, like, is living in bliss not positive at times? Imagine, it, like, let's change this slightly. Imagine that illness was incurable. The illness was incurable. You've got the option of telling that client that they're going to die in six months or letting them live their life six months carefree and then suddenly dying at the end. You have a moral obligation to tell people. Would you so, want to know? Yeah, definitely. So if you, right, so you can You've live got your, to get your affairs in right, order. and Right, but it looks bit, right so if you... If you had six months to live, you knew that you were going to die on the, it's going to sound grim, this, on the 17th of, on the 17th of August, like final TikTok, destination, TikTok. <laughs> on the 17th of August, 2024, mid-August to late August this year. Would you rather know that immediately and have six months or would you rather live your life and have everyone around you not know and then suddenly go? Oh, I would want to know because I would make those six Eat months the, the best, best time of my life. Quick job. Go off on desert island somewhere, have an amazing time. Um, yeah, I've got a massive amount of credit card. Yeah, debt. why not? Doesn't matter. I do. Get loads of, <laughs> of personal, loads of max out the credit cards. Get loads of personal ones. Go and tell um, people what I really thought about them. You exactly. Know, coming for you. Exactly. But um, <laughs> we have this actually. Of course you do. In a serious yeah. note, we have this dilemma all the time um, in adult services. It's often about telling maybe someone with dementia, that their partner's died or child's died or something like that. Do you tell them or do you not? Always tell them. You don't necessarily have to keep telling them, um, but people have a right to know. People have a right to grieve. And life is full of terrible situations. We go through loss and grief all the time. It's a rite of passage. And actually, I'm not going to withhold information just to try and make someone's life better because then that's taking away their right to deal with it in their own way. I agree with you. I I think the truth's always best. I abhor lying. I abhor disingenuous people. I I think you should always be truthful. I think you should always be honest with people. People can handle the truth and it's up to them. The the truth's never a bad thing. Unless it's telling my kids the truth about Santa, then that is a bad thing. Right. So I'd agree with you on that one. Third option. The cloning dilemma, something that's becoming more and more likely in the years uh, to come. The scientists discover the means to clone humans. The clones would be identical to the original person and would have the same memories and personality. Tilly 2, bang. Vince version 2, Oh, God. Can you imagine multiple Vinces? I couldn't cope. Oh, my God. My son's getting that that way. My son's getting that way. He's getting more and more like me by the day. The scientist must decide whether to continue with the research knowing that it raises ethical and moral questions about the value of human life and individuality. So, if a scientist worked out how to exactly clone humans, just literally bang, have a mirror image of you immediately, should they go ahead with that research or should they stop it there, knowing that essentially they are, you know, letting Prometheus' flame help the bottom? I find this one harder because I'm someone who thinks the pursuit of knowledge is a really one of the most important things that humans do. Mm-hmm. However, cloning just seems a step too far for me, or human cloning anyway. Um, and I think there are some things that we shouldn't know in that respect. So I would want to stop the research. So the scientist is that one on the lever. Are you, you're definitely pulling the lever and killing the scientist at the sake of the five. Yeah. <laughs> and then being honest. And, and be, then being honest, be honest about social it. Social yeah. worker. Yeah, I so killed we've, him. We've, we've tied the three together. Um, <laughs> I'd let the scientist go ahead. Ooh. Yeah. I, I'm, can I just say, I'm really surprised that you've said that because I know your, your, your faith and your, yeah, well, I was is think, really important to you. Yes, and, I was thinking mm. about this, but... So there's, there's two ways that you can kind of look at a, a belief in God and how it contradicts with science, essentially. So the one would be that, well, actually, science and God are incompatible. That's one view to have that actually, you know, 
we shouldn't go looking for these things. We should, there are certain things which uh, just you shouldn't do in mm-hmm. terms of... Obviously, there are lots of ways to live life that humans shouldn't do. You shouldn't, you know, you should follow the Ten Commandments. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't steal. All those things. You shouldn't do that. That's a bit obvious because that's about human behavior. In terms of the pursuit of science, there are certain... It becomes difficult when you look at stem cells and when you look at abortion and things like that. But that isn't necessarily that. We're not talking about... If you were asking me a question about at what stage do I agree children should be aborted and at what, what stage should we be able to, you know, progress fetuses to a certain stage for research, that's very, very different. There's a reason why we're not answering those questions. Vince and <laughs> I have very, yeah, we, very different yeah, yeah, yeah. views so on this. But anyway, yeah. We're, we're, le- we're yeah. leaving that there because, <laughs> you know, that's a bit different. But we're talking about this as cloning. Um, I, I think that, that that should be allowed because essentially, you know, if you're looking at a, scient- a scientific measure of progress, a step forward in terms of science that advances, well, is that not God's work extending itself? You know, you've, you've got but, that argument. Is that not? Because if you did, if you were to stop science, at what point, at what, at what point do you say, right, enough's enough? Right, so we've had, I've had all the science I can take now. Stop the ball. I want to get off. But what is the point of human cloning? What's it going to do other than have multiple versions of the same person. People would never be lonely. They have a friend. You, two Vinces. Can you imagine if you put two Vinces in the room together? They would, would you'd kill each other. (laughs) I I, I wouldn't need you for the podcast. I I don't think anyone would listen to just you, Vince. That'd be a start. I'd have me doing the podcast. I'd have me doing the editing there. Me doing the notes. The problem is, is, all the Vinces would want to be the boss. I know, exactly. You would kill each other. You would kill each other. Just call another one. We'd be fine. We're just, By Vince number 16. Vince number 17, step we'd just, forward. We'd, just, we'd have a pyre in the garden. There'd just be a constant churn. But which Vince would be the boss? Would it be you as the original Vince? Or yeah, would it be. Yeah, that's, I'd be like, I'd be there. But we'd, but we'd have to clone like wise as well, wouldn't we? This is getting a bit, this is getting a bit cult-like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is essentially what cults are. We just breed ourselves. We'd get a little farm in the middle of nowhere. We wouldn't like strangers there. I we'd have our own religion. Guarantee that we'll all Mrs. Beards. Vince, your girlfriend, would think that that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> we're cloning we are cloning we're cloning it's fine we are cloning we're not people. cloning I won't right. let him don't worry next one organ donation so when the clones have been killed we can donate their organs um, oh that's, <laughs> that's human harvesting <laughs> that's like something that I read about in my serial killer books right, that you, you don't like you should be I don't like them cloned Vince doesn't like them either next one the organ donation dilemma a person has died and their organs are needed to save the lives of several people. However, the person did not give consent for their organs to be donated and their family is against the idea. Should the organs be taken away or should the family's wishes be respected? Wishes respected. Um, yeah, just because the person has died, they, they made a choice not to. And Why should the wishes be respected, though? If so, Because like, it's... Body autonomy, even it, in even life, in death. And even in death. Right. So you, you, so you believe that after people have died, that their their rights continue with them. Yes. Why? Because they have beliefs in life that they, they carry into they death. Carry into death. And, so what happens when they die? Well, no, that's a completely different no, question. No, but I'm asking here. this because it's relevant here. What happens? Do I what? believe there's an afterlife? No, yes, I do. You um, do. Yes, and I think yeah, you, you can't. If you've, if, if you've said that you don't want something to happen upon your death, then that, that your wishes should carry on. But this is very different to the tro- your answer to the trolley problem, though. Because your answer to the trolley problem was essentially it's okay to save five people for the sake of one. Mm. And that's a live person. Whereas here, you're saying that we shouldn't take the organs from one person to save five. Why does it differ? Because I put personal choice above all else. I mean, if... But this is very... You can see how this is almost... It sounds like it's potentially conscious. Right, you're, you're yeah, on the lever. Yeah, yeah. You're I on the lever. You choose to kill one person. Active choice to kill one mm-hmm. person at the sake of five. This person's already died. Yeah. Now, the person in the trolley wasn't saying to you, please kill me. They wouldn't say, my, my wish is not to die. They, you just did it anyway. 
Yeah. But with this person, you know, they've moved on. Mm-hmm. The family is saying, no, but you know those organs. If Without those organs, it's five people are going to die. So why, can you see how it seems like it's it's polarizing answers that you value you value the you value the dead person's wishes <laughs> over pulling the lever of the five but also you can't harvest organs of a dead person they'd still be technically alive well they, you, someone doesn't die and then you think right oh there's a body over there let's do and harvest their organs because those organs won't work the, to well, it does. That's what happens you, when you when no, you give when you no, it's donate not. your organs. Haven't you seen Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> well, Sagan, so what? What point do they take them from you? It's it, after you've no, because when people die in car crashes, their organs are taken. Only if no, if they're in a coma and right. they're brain dead, not their body is still alive by machines. Right, so I'm, I'm learning here. Yeah. So you. So yeah. Sagan, so what's the, so if you die, you're declared dead. You you can't have yeah. If if you drop down dead now. Yeah. You can't be like, right, an ambulance is going to come in take and then they, they take... No, it's got to still be working. Oh, has it? So it would be... It's not like, it's not like, is it not like a sell-by date? Is it not like having something in the fridge too long? You no. You get a couple of hours? No, you've got, you've got to so still be like... So literally, so the moment you die, your liver just shuts off? I, I suppose there's probably a, a very small window because when like it's been cut out of one right, person into the others. If I die here, you just get a kitchen knife and just not take them and just have them laid out just like, a, <laughs> like a butcher's shop. Just have them ready for you. Just do have them no, ready for the ambulance. You've got to save the vessels and things like that. It's a really. Well, you've seen Grey's Anatomy. I have. Just, just save some of mine. Yeah, I've seen Grey's Anatomy. It doesn't mean I'm going to perform. Just, just yeah, to start just popping start up. Bits off me. Just, just <laughs> and I'm going to get done for being a serial killer because yeah, they're going to think I've murdered you. Yeah. So he had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> up, I've got these organs laid out like it's a. They're like ready a, to go. Like quick. it's a brick of rack sale. <laughs> Got I start selling them. Got a heart. <laughs> too small, like the Grinch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of lungs there, ex-smoker. But that, that, but that's the thing. You, so someone might be brain dead, right. and that you have to make the decision about turning off life support, whilst you have them in that window to harvest their organs, so they're still technically alive. I, I wouldn't take the person's organs, by the way. I think if it's there, which oh, is... He puts me through all of that. And you were the same with me with the lever. And then now you've... You, oh. <laughs> I, feel, I shouldn't get so cross I, because I know he does it all the time. I'm so. feeling like my organs might be laid across the floor anytime soon here. Right, let's move on to the last one. Sleep with one eye open. <laughs> That's, that's, no, I, I'll have to I'll bloody have to next one last one and this is more like a wider one rather, yeah. rather than sort of the last ones were kind of people this is more about like systems mm. the social media dilemma we face this all the time at the moment particularly with uh, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter now X about a year ago he took it over didn't he Social media platforms are powerful tools for communication and sharing information, but they can also be used to spread misinformation, hate speech, and other harmful content. Platforms must decide whether to prioritize free speech or to moderate content more aggressively to protect users from harm. So since Elon took over Twitter, he's prioritizing free speech. People Mm -hmm. who are banned are now back on. He's saying, essentially, look, it's free speech. It's a free speech platform. What people say is up to them. Twitter, X as it's now known, do not take responsibility. We're a platform for other people's views. Other um, platforms, Facebook are potentially more, um, a lot more hotter. I remember when uh, me and our uh, uh, editor and our podcast uh, producer, um, we once tried to give away a bottle of champagne on Facebook, not realising you can't do that. We were shut down, we were banned. So Facebook (laughs) really, really true. (laughs) Facebook really really, uh, produced the big, strong blocks on things. So... Very straightforward, Tilly. Should social media platforms allow free speech or should they aggressively monitor content to protect users from harm? What do you think? I'm very pro-free speech um, and very anti Like Tommy Robinson over here. Uh, uh, That kind of free speech. And let me finish. (laughs) I don't like censorship. However, that doesn't mean that you're free from consequences. And the people that post that have to, if they break the law and they use hate speech or they um, advocate for crimes like we saw with Trump and the targeting of the Capitol building and Mm -hmm. things like that, people need to be accountable for their actions. But 
I don't think big organizations, corporate organizations such as X, such as Meta Mm -hmm. for Facebook, should be God when it comes to content because otherwise we get into that that such oversight from the state and actually people need to be able to express themselves freely and then if they share things that are then against the law then they face consequences for doing that I don't believe in censorship to stop people from making those choices and and suffering those consequences and I also think there needs to be safeguards in that though for children Yes, I was going to come um, on to this, because, yeah, what, about, because what about these parents whose children have seen images of self-harm mm-hmm. and suicide and they have gone on to take their own lives following yeah, that? Yeah, I think there, there has to be safety measures in there mm-hmm. for children. And actually, I think social media should be 18 plus. Yes, I agree with you on that one. Um, once you're an adult, it's, it's your choice. Um, or if you are a, a vulnerable person with some sort of mental disorder or learning disability actually there are other safeguards in place around mental capacity use of the internet you might have to go on with support things like that but actually once you're over 18 I think you should have the autonomy and the decisions to read whatever content you want to read within the scope of the law I'm not saying that there should be how to make a bomb or anything like that content like that is illegal and that needs to be taken down But when it comes to expressing political opinions or um, conspiracy theories or things that might go against the norm, um, I think people should be allowed to express those. See, I think that's fine. I think political views are fine. But where I would potentially disagree is when it comes to graphic things, graphic sexual content, pornography and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that there should be... No, but I would even talk about... I think that the the free and readily available access to legal pornography is a significant problem. Mm. So I, I, I... I honestly would would ver on the side. It's kind of because I am quite libertarian and I do believe in free speech, but I think when it comes to the internet, free speech should be allowed. You should be able to say what you like without repercussion. Where I think that platforms need to moderate and the internet and Google, everybody needs to moderate more strongly is extremist material, material that isn't just a different view. It's not just me saying, do you know what? I might be left-wing, I might be right-wing, I may have these views on immigration, I may not have these views on immigration, I may have these views on sexuality, I may not, I may have these views on LGBT issues, I may not, I may have these views on culture and race and things like that. If that's not illegal, it's not hate speech, I think that the cancel culture, the cancel culture I think, is, is terrible. I mean, look, we had a social worker recently we covered over at mysocialworknews.com. She faced a Social Work England investigation and she won a tribunal against Social Work England and her, her employer for, for sharing what a... I mean, I not may agree with those views, but she was essentially sharing what many people would see as see strong feminist views and sh- expressing concerns about trans people, tra- men who you know transition to becoming women. She shared some views about people going through that and potential risks that it could have on women. Talked about having people that were born as men in women's prisons and so on. Those may not be views that I agree with, but I don't believe she should be cancelled for sharing those views. She wasn't doing anything. She was sharing a view. So I, I think that social media should allow views like that. Mm. We should listen to them. We may not agree with those views. And like I say, I don't agree with the, some, some of her views. I kind of see where she's coming from, but I don't agree with the stronger views, I think. Yeah, I don't agree with them, but I didn't want to struck off. I didn't want to cancel. I didn't want to lose her job because she had views about things. I think that's right. Where I think that our social media platform should aggressively protect users from harm is not showing. I mean, God, we had Facebook live stream. We had mass shootings live streamed on Facebook. Yeah. So I, 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 I think that if you give people the power, if you say to people, right, you can post what you want, but you've got to suffer your consequences... I don't think that's right at all. I also don't think that we should have we should allow people to have anonymous social media accounts. I think everybody mm. should have to sign up with a birth certificate, a driver's license, something like that to have a social media account because you become more accountable. Yeah. Now, yes, I might not see as many funny memes, but that's a price that I'd be willing to pay to have a, a better and more cohesive fabric 
in our society. So I, I think that social media platforms should more aggressively protect users from harm. The problem is, though, is who holds the keys to that power. That's where it yeah. becomes a dilemma. Yeah. Who's and where I, do you who's draw the line? Yeah, who's, who, you know, in certain countries, um, you know, China, for example, we know that um, political dissidents can mm. have their social score affected yep. and get in significant trouble for sharing them. Um, Political views. It's obviously happened in Russia recently with the death of. Well, we can say death right now, but people are suspecting it's the poison of um, Nevada. Yeah, yeah, that's what Murder. people are saying. I'm not saying I'm not using that word in case they come after me. Don't come after me. I'm I right. will say it. He did get murdered. I'm not. Well, I should say I'm not. I'm not frightened of it. Of course, I am. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out for the Novichok. Watch out for the Novichok. Watch out for the Nerve AB. Your organs, I'm harvesting. That's only poisoned. one county over from me as well, the Novichok poisoning. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I, I believe that the internet is a wonderful, wonderful tool. But as with many technological advances, human emotions and human psychology is not keeping up to pace. And that's why we are seeing significant problems. So, yeah. Right, there's our five dilemmas. How have you enjoyed that, Tilly? Has that I've been exciting for you? I've loved it, and oh, I'd good. love to finally hear your views because listeners and viewers, we often have these debates during these, these writers' retreats that we have and when we do our vo- podcast recording and, and set our content for Social Work News. Vince always refuses to participate in these conversations, much to my annoyance, who likes to grill him and be like, well, what would you do? What would you say? Um, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved. Well, so I, think I found it a waste of time. I tell you it's a waste of time. That's why it's I don't get involved. It's not a waste of time. It's I'm intellectually not waste. stimulating conversation. Have you been stimulated? Intellectually, ha- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been intellectually stimulated, Tilly? Yes. Right, we're going to leave it there, listeners. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and watching this week. Um, we'll be back next week, as always. Um, if you want to check out the articles we've been discussing, they're over at mysocialworknews.com. Please subscribe. Please do consider a review. If you leave a review, we'll read it out on next week's show. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.